Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk to Dawson Bartow of the Manitoba Moose, recently signed. He's from Fox Warren, Manitoba. He'll tell us why he decided to come back to his home province. Also, Derek Taylor joins us to talk about all things CFL in this Blue Bomber bye week. That's all coming up on the podcast. Manitoba Moose last Tuesday announced a pair of signings, two local defensemen signing deals. There's Dean Stewart, the 25-year-old from Portage, who recorded 18 points last year en route to being named the team's rookie of the year. And there's also Fox Warren's Dawson Bartow, a former member of the team, once known as the Winnipeg Ice, who was a draft pick of the Dallas Stars, spent the last season between the Texas Stars and the Idaho Steelheads of the ECHL. I caught up with the 23-year-old earlier today, and I asked him how it feels to have signed with the team in his home province. Yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to uh, kind of have the opportunity to play for the Manitoba Moose. So how did this come about, signing here in Manitoba? Uh, it was just something that kind of me and my agents had talked about, and they asked if I was kind of interested in uh, maybe being closer to home. And uh, lucky, lucky enough that they had kind of reached out as well, and uh, kind of just fell together. I was very happy about it. So you spent uh, the first pro years of your career down with the Stars organization in uh, Texas in the AHL, and also with their ECHL team in Idaho. How did you uh, characterize your time down there? Yeah, it was great. Um, um, obviously, uh, it was very fortunate to be drafted by them and them give me my first kind of opportunity playing pro and um, nothing but good things to say. And um, yeah, just very grateful for my time there. How do you feel like you've changed as a player and developed as a player since you graduated from the WHL and turned pro? Yeah, I've really been working on just being a harder player to play against. Um just kind of being that nitty-gritty guy, blocking lots of shots, uh, peaking, and making a good first pass. Um, maybe in junior, uh, you play a little bit more offensively, but I've been really working on my defensive side of things, and uh, it's been going good. Would you say that you're looking at being in the AHL full-time or ECHL, AHL, where do you think you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, the goal is to play for the Moose all year. Um Obviously, I just have to show up to camp, um, uh, give a first good first impression. Um, I've been working all summer since I've been home on making sure I make that a reality and uh, making sure I'm, I'm ready to go when, uh, when we get time to go to camp. So what does a typical day look like then for you in the summer now? Um, usually I'm, I'm skating like three, four times a week. Uh, Usually Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays I skate, and sometimes on Thursdays I double up my skate, and then just a, a workout kind of whenever time permits, uh, just depending on my skating time that day. And where are you skating? Uh, in Brandon, Manitoba. Okay. Uh, now, are you in Fox Warren right now? Where are you for the summer? Uh, no, I actually, uh, me and my girlfriend built a place in up in on and all like Clear Lake. Okay. Um, so that's where I summer now. You built it yourself? Uh, we built the foundation with uh, my girlfriend's dad and my dad, and then we did, had an RTM moved on to it. Okay, so that is, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very kind of very interesting, kind of something different, something I hadn't done before, but something that was uh, uh, actually pretty fun to do. So why did you pick that spot? Um, uh, my girlfriend's family had a cabin up here, so I found myself almost every weekend... Uh, coming up here to enjoy the lake life and 
we kind of both just figured this is where we wanted to be in the summer and kind of found the perfect lot and it just kind of had worked out. Now, how far is that from Foxhorn? Like an hour? Uh, yeah, about an hour to Foxhorn. Okay. Are your folks still in Foxhorn? Yeah, my folks are in Foxhorn and they actual, actually have a camper that they seasonal up here in Clear Lake. So luckily lots of family up here on the weekends to visit with. It's really a, a big part of, of being a Manitoba, isn't it? Kind of having that spot you go to for the go to the lake for the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of grew up camping all over the place and um, now just mom and dad just want to be close to us kids and both kids are trying to be up here as much as we can. I mean, it's just so beautiful up at Clear Lake. So are you a big fishing guy? Or what do you like to do on the lake? Yeah, I enjoy fishing. Um, actually, playing in Boise this year, I kind of picked up a new hobby of fly fishing. Um, but I'm a big golfer, to be honest. I, I take out going out in the golf course, and I would go and fishing. How good a golfer are you? Uh, I'm okay. I, I, I play a lot, and uh, playing in Texas for those years uh, was good for my game. Are you comfortable sharing your handicap? Yeah, I'm about a four handicap. That's pretty good. <laughs> what? Uh, so, I mean, it's such a big, I think, part of, of being a hockey player. So many people golf, too. They're, just, they're good at both things. But have you found that it does anything for your hockey game, or is it just something you enjoy doing on the side? Um, I don't know if it does anything for my hockey game. I, I think I appreciate it because it kind of gets my mind off it. Um, kind of because my life just revolves around hockey so often. It's kind of nice to just kind of shut it down and go out there and just whack a ball around with your buddies and not really have too many cares. Um, so I think that's probably why lots of guys really appreciate it. And uh, I would say if anything, it kind of – my hockey game messes up my golf game. My swing's not so good after the season for a while. Fair enough. Now you also just had a, had your own golf tournament. Did you not? Yeah. Yeah. Just finished up on Saturday. And so tell us more about that. Yeah. So I, I've been doing it for a couple of years. Uh, I started the first two years doing road hockey in uh, my hometown Foxman, like you'd mentioned. Um, and then kind of since I'm up here now, I decided maybe I'd switch it over to, playing golf at Poplar Ridge, one of the golf courses here. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, successful, and, um, yeah, it's for a good cause. Tell us more. It's for uh, it's for men's cancer, right? Yeah, that's correct. So you raise money for charity. That's great. Yeah. And uh, I saw that you also had a fellow Manitoba defenseman, Dean Stewart, out too. Yeah, absolutely. Me and, me and Dino have become pretty good friends. Um you know how Manitoba is such a small world, so um, kind of lots of the pro guys out uh, more this way kind of end up in Brandon skating. So I've been skating with Dino for, I want to say, at least three summers, could be four even. And he's from Portage La Prairie. In fact, when the Moose announced that they'd signed you, they also announced they'd signed Dean to a, a one-year contract, too, a week ago. So that, I mean, you, you don't have anything to do with the news releases, but it seems fitting, no? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. We kind of had both been talking, and he's been up at the lake here a few times as well. And obviously, I see him a few times a week, and uh, we usually try and get on the golf course a few times together. So it's it's nice having a familiar face. And who wins between the two of you on the golf course? Uh, Dean's pretty good. It's a good match, though. How far can you hit it? Not as far as Dean. Dean hits it really far. I'm probably about like a 285 guy, and he's like a 320 guy, Oof. probably. 
That's good. Well, yeah. that's, that makes me, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a pro athlete, so I can't hit it that far, but still, that's, yeah. that's really impressive. Uh, well, Dawson, appreciate your time. Thanks for this. Uh, have a great summer and we'll uh, wish you the best of luck as you head into training camp. Perfect. Thank you, Christian. I appreciate the call. Dawson Bartow of the Manitoba Moose signing a contract with the team last week. As we welcome in the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mr. Derek Taylor for our weekly check-in. And uh, Derek Taylor, uh, what you doing? No no bomber game this week, so what do you do on a bye week? Well, this one we're moving. So we have a, we bought a new house, we get possession on the weekend, so everything's kind of gearing up to that and things in advance of that. But uh, for me, it's been a lot of cleaning up data and going back and watching this again and that again and going... How good is Vernon Adams? Okay, how bad is Jake Mayer? Just little things like that pop up and you get a chance to go back and and watch it again so you're prepared for, for example, August 3rd when the BC Lions come to town. Can I just say, we've been, you know, you've been coming on the show the last couple of years on on what we call a tie line here, and this is the second week going to open. I feel like an idiot for never trying the the tie line or the open before because you sound amazing. I feel like we we wasted so much time not having great audio. <laughs> well, some of that is just me, right? You know, you learn, you know, you get better, you sound better, you look better. That's just, it's, I, I'm, I'm aging well. Let's say that, but uh, no, this, this technology is, is much improved. I'm, I'm concerned about the thumping though. If I tap, tap on my desk, if it's going to come through too strong. So well, I'm very self-conscious of the thumping. As long as you still have this setup at your new digs and it sounds this good, we'll be good going forward. So the BC Lions, this uh, let's go through some of the news of the day here, Derek. They have named Dane Evans the starter for their game in Edmonton on Saturday. That, that's pretty early to name that. That's a suggestion that Vernon Adams isn't ready to play yet. How different is this team with Evans at the quarterback position? Wasn't great against the Riders compared to Vernon Adams. Yeah, when he came in for that first drive, I thought, oh my gosh, this Jordan McSimmick, the offensive coordinator, is a genius because you know, Dane's just walking them down the field, and it turned out that was their last touchdown and real drive. I think of the of the game, right? It it just it's not the same. Vernon's Vernon is not the best quarterback in the CFL, and I'm saying this slowly so I can get my thoughts together. He can he can scramble better than Evans, so that's that's a real one. Not that Evans is immobile, but but Vernon's just just better. And um, it's strange to say. Vernon makes slightly better decisions in my mind. Like everything is, it was kind of poisoned by, uh, we saw maybe the best game Dane Evans will ever play in his life when he put five touchdowns on the bombers late last season. But he, he just in that first game last year, he kind of seemed to freak out in the pocket and he would just one read and throw away on many snaps. He's, he has his high ceiling, low floor, and it's not the highest ceiling in the league, but he can look really good. But then, he can have those playoff games where the 2019 Grey Cup and oh the first attempt oh that's picked off and we're going back the other way. So uh, to me they get a they get a little bit worse, but uh, it's not like the drop off from Nathan Rourke to to either one of these guys. So Dane can do some things and maybe keep BC you know in first place in the meantime. But uh, unfortunately for him, his uh, his nemesis, the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, is on the horizon. I just saw this comment on the CFL.ca page, the uh, naming Dane Evans the start of this this web story from Canada Jack quote the Lions could start my widowed aunt against these clowns and come up with a win. It's harsh, but <laughs> the Edmonton Elks have not won a home game in pushing four years now, and so the question is, 
who would have to start at quarterback for the other team for the Elks to finally get a win? I I just don't know if that guy's on their roster, but if Jared Daigie is better than his one start or if Trey Ford is anything more than what Chris Jones appears to believe he is, I just don't, I don't have any reason to believe it's, it's Taylor Cornelius. I mean, Edmonton is not without talented players, right? That defense can really get after you when they're con- when they're healthy and constituted as Chris Jones would like it to be. But we saw that front get at Zach Kalaris last week, right? AC Leonard with a sack and uh, 41, I forget his name, had some had a nice uh, quarterback pressure I just recently charted. Jake Ceresna can be a terror, but they put him up inside or outside. Uh, Luches Purifoy can make plays from the back end. You know, they they have players. They're they're just not particularly healthy. But can anybody throw the ball to anybody else? There were the I was going through the interception uh, last week uh, where Edmonton's driving down. They're about to put a touchdown on the Bombers, and it's the easiest check down in the world to Kevin Brown. And Cornelius throws it, you know, two feet behind him, and it's popped up for the interception. You go. You, you can't have this. Just anybody who can do this, take it, make it the most basic passing offense in the world with Jared Deggy and let him maybe scramble a bit. But I, yeah, I don't know if that guy's on Edmonton's roster or even on their, they must have a dozen guys on their, on their negotiation list as quarterbacks. Go get one, but just, just stop with the Taylor Cornelius. I just, how many weeks we, we talk about this. And I mean, I've been into last season. I was like, I can't do it with this guy. And it's, it's Owen six, you know, with Cornelius at the helm this season, Owen seven overall. It just, I, I don't know that it's, that it's ever going to get there. And and apart from a hundred grand guaranteed next year, what's the point of, of t- to keep running them back out there? Sunk cost fallacy. I mean, that's part yeah. of it, I think, because they they feel like they've seen something in him, but we keep seeing the same thing over and over again. We That was like the true Taylor Cornelius experience where he, he makes some nice plays, that great throw to M- Mitchell down the sideline, but fantastic. then he'll miss yeah. a five-yard pass to, to Brown that cost them as much as seven points, in, right? He, they go up <laughs> seven nothing in Winnipeg. Who knows, right? It was 6-6 six, six at the half. Yeah, and if he made those plays, would they perhaps trust him more instead of punting from Winnipeg's 45-yard line, right? Would yeah. you trust him on third and three if you could, if you thought he might be able to complete some of those instead of if you're already not going for the long field goals and you're playing field position, you your OC might be allowed to be a little more aggressive if you could trust your quarterback. But um, yeah, the gap between like Zach Kalaros at number one and Taylor Cornelius at he was number 10 in PFF's passing rankings uh going into that game is is too much to overcome trade today the stampeders acquiring mm-hmm. jagera davis who has been in the gray cup all six seasons he's been in the cfl three with the stamps two with the tie cats and then last year with the argonauts doesn't mean you're going to win the gray cup having jagera davis on your team but it means you're going to make the gray cup right yeah well exactly so uh congratulations to the calgary stampeders Maybe via the crossover, they're going to the Grey Cup. That one's that one's super interesting to me. Uh, Davis, I guess, uh, was a healthy scratch. He was on the one-game injury list as a healthy scratch this last week. Hamilton's not overloaded with defensive ends. Malik Carney has had some nice spots this season. They have Jonathan Kongbo getting the start last week, and then uh, the former Bombers, Cedric Wilcots and Mason Bennett on the sixth game. So I would presume that uh, some of them, plus maybe Dylan Wynn, are set to come off the six-game injured list, so they feel like they can make this deal happen. 
but they get a what was it a sixth round draft pick back in exchange for yeah. Jagarrett Davis, who you know last season might have been a little down in Toronto, but the previous seasons just a constant generator of quarterback pressure and eventually led to double digit sacks. I, I guess they're just they're just not seeing it because he was their free agent signing, right? He was one of their big free agent moves as a bunch of guys were leaving town. He was the one coming back from Toronto. So that one really caught me from from Calgary's perspective. It just says that James Vodders must be done for the year. Uh, Danny Austin had reported torn bicep and Vodders was Vodders looked really good. Uh, the game against Winnipeg and the game since I think he's looked really strong. So they need somebody at that short side defensive end to pair with Julian Hauser. And now the two former Ticats are now reunited in Calgary. So do you think that helps the Stampeders in their quest to not be below 500? Or is this going to move the needle all that much? I I think it's something they absolutely positively had to do. They're, they'll have some other problems along the way. Um, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Micah Awe in the middle, though he's making a zillion tackles. They're doing having some struggles on the back end, and they got to figure out their offensive line. Um, you can't, in my mind keep bouncing Bryce Bell from position to position all over the place and expect any kind of success. Um, their their tackle situation is not great right now. And oh, by the way, their receivers are injured as well. They uh, they lost their star receiver Malik Henry for the season earlier on. Um, Kadeem, Car- Kadeem Carey's injury hasn't hurt them badly. So when he gets back, that'll be fine. But uh, to me, they're in the spot to me, a lot of teams are in and going, yeah, you know what? We could really use some help at tackle, and unfortunately, no one's willing to give up help at tackle, and you really can't kind of find it or import it during the season. Braden Lennius, Jake Wenicke, Keon Schaefer-Baker back at practice today Ooh. for the Riders. Apparently, That's no, good. no Tevin Jones or Mitch Pickton out there either, but they've, I mean, that without Trevor Harris, they're they're in tough shape anyway. Going into this touchdown Atlantic game at three and three against the five and zero Argonauts, who are double digit favorites in that contest, I, I don't know if it matters who the receivers are if Mason finds the quarterback. He struggled, right? At least, I mean, Kean Schaefer Baker is the best receiver in that core. Sean Bain's been good, but Kean Schaefer Baker is a true playmaker, and then Braden Lenius is is a big multiple weapon from that third uh, that third position third three strong the third receiver out to the wide side so that's that's more of what they they thought this receiving core could be if they get Darrell Walker back okay that'd be that'd be nice someday uh but getting Kean Schaefer Baker back and man Winnicky's just kind of fallen off a cliff the last couple of years but at at least you know Schaefer Baker can make plays on a five-yard pass and maybe that's what they need with fine but yeah he uh I hope they got to hope it's not to, it's not uh, too long that Trevor Harris is out because I again I they're another one where I go I don't know that I'm mean, fine it's his third year with the team but I don't know that he's the answer I don't know that Dola Gal is the answer and Shea Patterson's your change of pace running quarterback they're in the position a lot of teams would be right if you lose your starter you are in a ton of trouble and yeah there's there's not much they can do about it other than kind of work with what they have. On the notion of the touchdown Atlantic game, which is Saturday afternoon in Halifax, do you like that they do this? I do. It's 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 neat. They they put Saskatchewan in it every year, so it's you know well attended, and and uh, they throw them against somebody else. And in this case, Toronto loses a you know loses a home game in Toronto and get, picks up this one. I do. You stretch it out a little bit. I I'm not of the 
thought that an Atlantic uh, football team is coming to the CFL anytime soon. And a COVID set that back quite a bit. And then I just don't know how it works. I was talking to to one fella on the uh, road trip last week who had been to, you know, the Atlantic provinces in Nova Scotia a bunch. And he said, you know what the weather's like in, uh, in the, you know, in Nova Scotia come November, like it's terrible. Um, I'm like, really? Like you would have to push up the season to host a, like a East final in Nova Scotia. Yeah, you'd probably have to think about that. I, I, that part had never occurred to me. I was just focused on the money thing and who's going to put up nine figures to build a stadium and stuff like that. But there, there are certain weather implications at that time of year that make you go, oh, what we don't really need is a Saturday playoff game, which has to be moved to Sunday because uh, two feet of snow blew in at an inopportune moment that you just don't have any other parts of the country. So I, I like it. I like taking the game on the road. There was, what, a Fort McMurray game a few years back and and things like that. I like taking it on the road a little bit, but I, I just uh, I'm on the I kind of doubt the the Atlantic future of the CFL is is coming to us anytime soon. So we're thinking then that, you know, the the, the nine team league is going to stay at nine for some time, because if it's not in Halifax slash Maritimes, where is it? Where is yeah, Team 10? It, well, yeah, there was a, an interview with the the benefactor to the Laval program who said, yeah, it's not Quebec City. It's not coming here. Uh, Saskatoon, uh, I mean, there's a lot of riders' passion, but I don't feel like there's anti-riders' passion that would you know, have a second team going there. I kinda, I've kind of run out of places where I would put one. It would have to be, to me, it would have to be the Atlantic provinces. But as when Commissioner Ambrosi a few weeks ago was talking about, oh, we can't wait to get to 12 teams, I just... I, I run yes. out of cities that I could put them in. Right? We're going Especially, back to Birmingham or Shreveport. What are we talking about? <laughs> right here, cut. We're going to the Fargo Dome. Like I, I just kind of don't know what you do because the costs of entry. One, how do you value a CFL expansion team? Two, are nine the current nine CFL owners going to prop up uh, a new team for any length of time? Three, stadiums are expensive. Right. Like the bomber stadium was almost a decade ago now, and it was two hundred million dollars. What does that cost now? And you could go a little lesser and la la la. But yikes, uh, what government wants to prop up that kind of money or those kind of tax breaks in this time? So uh, I will freely admit I don't know all the issues in and around it and I don't have my finger on the pulse of it. But I just have real doubts of of how uh, how a 10th team could appear. Yeah, until it does, it's always going to feel weird that there's nine. Well, nine's a nine's a bad number. Well, it's it would be okay if they would just home and home everybody, yeah. and then two more games in your division, right? Yeah. Because every year we've had games must see games that the NFL would guarantee that you have. You and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, week one, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos take on the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, the biggest the biggest storyline of the offseason, and they did it in week one. I mean, part the of that's di- coincidence, though, right? Because they only play every four years. In the NFL, there is yeah. a metric, and they kind of lucked out in that regard. But I understand oh, your sure. point. But, yeah, but they, sh- they made sure it happened in week number one, right. right? And then Deshaun Watson takes on his former team. Just happened to be the week Deshaun Watson got off his 11-game yeah. suspension or whatever it was. Boom, take it on the Houston Texans, right? These are layups. So when Paul Lapolice leaves for Ottawa and they don't schedule Ottawa and Winnipeg in the first round of the 2020 schedule, and they don't have him play in uh, in 2021, 2021 when they did play. He finally had to wait till 2022 to come back. Andrew Harris didn't come back. Bo Levi Mitchell 
doesn't return to Calgary this season. There's just absolute layups, which would be big CFL stories that might get you coverage from, you know, expanded coverage. They just don't get them. And I don't entirely know the reason why, but if you had home and home with every team in the CFL, instead of four meetings between Montreal and Ottawa, you would you would get these free storylines just dropped in your lap. Well, didn't Toronto and Hamilton play like five times in seven weeks last year? Yeah, there were yeah, there was there was like four and five, and then there was wasn't there playoffs? Like yeah, yeah it was just yeah. it's just and it, it's not that's not fun. Like no. that's not I don't know if that's fun for Toronto or Hamilton fans, but no, as a, it's not. I talked to some of them, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, so, but as a supporter of another team, I'm like, this this was not entertaining to watch at all. I don't, no. I kind of don't care. Spread it out. I know travel costs, and I know this and that, but just give me everybody plays everybody because oh, the the two teams that were in the Grey Cup last season do not play in Toronto this year. They play once in Winnipeg. Really? They played in the Grey Cup. Come on, give us that. Where was that on week number one? Where is that in week? Toronto didn't play 15? week number one. Also, yes. Yeah, <laughs> there's which there's I feel like I would love the I'm, I, I don't I like doing Sudoku and little things like that. So I feel like I would love trying to p- pencil a schedule together just with a, a pad of paper and a pen. But it, it's got to be very difficult. But the, the key has to be home and home with everybody plus two. Let's call it a day. Well, hopefully Randy's listening because we've got great ideas here on the CJOB Sports Show. Derek, thanks as always for this and good luck with the move this weekend. Thanks, brother. Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There is no game this week, but the Coaches Show back again on Monday of next week. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So sad that it should come to this. We try to.